You're listening to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Now here's your hosts, Kevin, Derek, and Alex. Alrighty, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek, and I am joined, as always, by your co-hosts, Kevin and Alex. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Freaking fantastic. We are less than 48 hours away from the kickoff of the 2020 NFL season, which means fantasy football gets into the prime ass-kicking mode. I'm so excited that I get to start my year out in our home league by stomping on our co-host, Alex Eagle. I can barely stand it. Well, I was in a good mood uh, <laughs> <laughs> until I looked at the uh, projections uh, for this week. Uh, no, no it, it actually kind of feels like football season outside. I know you guys are dealing with some weather uh, there in the uh, Centennial State, and, and it's got there's a chill in the air up here uh, in, in the Great White North. So um, it, it feels like football season, which is kind of uh, nice, I guess, that, that there's a little bit of normalcy that – the air starts to turn a little bit and, and that means that footballs are flying through the air. So I, I'm excited. Um, I'm going through the, uh, the pain of checking all of my rosters to make sure that we're good. And, and I'll be honest, you know, typically I try to limit myself because of my job. Uh, so I try to limit myself with the amount of uh, fantasy football leagues that I'm in, but this year uh, it has been expanded uh, significantly. Uh, so I'm going to have to a lot of uh, checking on on different things, different apps uh, to make sure that I'm, I'm ready to go because uh, we've got our home league. I've got another couple leagues with some old high school buddies. Um, I'm playing in another fun league uh, that we're kind of experimenting this year and then a guillotine league, which which will be fun uh, to figure out how that all goes down. And there's just so much. I think I'm on like nine on sleeper. So we've got to figure out all that stuff. Fortunately, you guys are like co-owners on a bunch of those, so I'm just going to leave those alone, let the experts handle that, because uh, my track record isn't all that great. So, uh, But it feels like football season. Excited to watch uh, some, some NFL. We've been kind of deprived with no preseason, uh, so we actually get some real meaningful football here uh, come Thursday night. Don't forget to set your rosters Thursday morning. Oh, absolutely. Make sure you're setting that. And, Kevin, you're right. It's less than 48 hours. For anybody curious as to, like, up to the minute type of uh, how far it is out till uh, the NFL season kicks off. Make sure you check out our Instagram account, our stories. We've got the timer set up for you. We've taken all the guesswork out of it. You can simply pop in there and uh, check that out. By the way, while you're there, give us a follow there. Give us a follow on Twitter at good old boys FF. Uh, thank you for everybody uh, catching up and uh, you know, submitting your questions and, and asking for the feedback. I know that was a lot of fun for each of us over the weekend as we were going through and helping folks give advice. Seems like a lot of folks were tuning into the YouTube channel there as well, trying to get that last minute advice and see some of our player profiles. So we appreciate everybody checking in there. We appreciate everybody sending over their questions as well as uh, they were rating our last mock draft that we did on last episode, guys. And I'm not going to lie. There's, there are times in this uh, doing this that you have a take or you have a uh, thought or you do a mock draft and it ages very poorly, very quickly. And that was the case for me in our last mock draft where I finished in a distant third um, on that, in which case the uh, Rojo pick I had uh, aged very horrendously when uh, Fournette got signed. Uh, Raquel Armstead 
uh, got placed on the COVID list, and that one uh, didn't didn't pan out very well. As well as the Carry On Johnson pick uh, had Adrian Peterson show up in town. So those running backs got decimated. Alex, you uh, you performed much better than I did on this last draft, according to both our Instagram and Twitterverse accounts. Uh, you finished in the second place there, um, but you were still way ahead of me. And then Kevin. Um, well, he, uh, he took the crown on that one and, uh, the, the listeners out there deemed him the uh, winner of the last mock of the season. So, uh, kudos to you, my friend. Uh, thank you. And, you know, rightfully so if I'm picking at the top of the draft, I should be winning these mock drafts based off of, you know, player rankings and analysis and everything else. So I'm going to say it wasn't a surprise, but I think a lot of it has to do with draft position, right? Like it'd be. It'd be more of a shock if I was sitting in the 10 or 11 hole and everyone thought I won that draft. You'd have some questions about the guys in front of me and what they're doing. But it was fun. It's always fun. So continue to share your feedback. You know, go ahead, troll us. Bring bring your, you know, counterpoints to what we're saying. That's fine. I'll banter back and forth with anybody. It's not my fault that you're wrong. But, you know, we'll go through it. Have some fun. On that note, we do have some questions that have uh, come in over the Twitter. Some guys that are curious about, you know, maybe who has a bigger week, how to set some lineups, things like that. So we got a couple of questions coming in. We're not going to spend a ton of time here. Thank you to everybody that submitted the questions. I know we've uh, gone back and forth with a lot of folks over the Twitter, but uh, we're just going to hit up a couple here on the show. And we'll start off with one. And it was who will have a bigger week one? Big Ben or Carson Wentz? That one's intriguing to me because Big Ben, I mean, this is his first, you know, live football action in over a year, right? That's that, it, He didn't play at all last season, if I remember correctly. No, or, he started twice. Yeah, he okay. started. So, I mean, essentially, he's got a full calendar year where he wasn't playing any football. Um, so, I, I'm, I, I would lean a little bit more towards – Carson Wentz, just because a, uh, I mean, I'm Carson Wentz apologist. So like, that's where I'm going to go anyways. Like that was when that question came across, it was like, well, that's, that's an obvious choice, but looking at it, honestly, um, I think that uh, Carson's probably a little bit uh, more ready to go than, than big Ben is uh, in terms of uh, having some familiarity with the offense and guys that he knows he can throw to. I mean, there's still Zach Ertz, there's still Dallas Goddard, you know, Sure, the wide receiver core is, you know, whatever this year for the Eagles, but I think they have a, a pretty strong running game, and I think that that will benefit Carson Wentz. And I'm getting some weird looks here. Ben hasn't played football in about a year. That's going to be tough for week one. Here's why Ben Roethlisberger will have a better week one than Carson Wentz. Uh, is because he do he does, he do have receivers to throw the ball to and not just a bunch of – guys who you hope pop on the outside a jj ortega white side you know maybe rieger gets on the field deshaun jackson's back we know alshon's dinged up how's you know miles sanders and and boston scott and yes you have your double tight end threat in philly um the thing is you're still playing a divisional game to open the season and traditionally divisional games to open the season are a little bit more low scoring because you're familiar with each other's schemes it might be slightly different being that Rod Rivera is a new coach there in Washington, but 
I do think that that game is probably going to be a little bit more low scoring. The Washington football team and the New York football giants both have pretty porous defenses. And so I think the Steelers on Monday night football, Big Ben's return, you have Juju, you have Deontay Johnson and, and Washington, and then Eric Ebron coming out for tight end. Connor has been endorsed as the bell cow back while still trying to sprinkle in Benny Snell and McFarland. And I just like Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh's makeup here a bit better in this week. Um, honestly, you can't go wrong with either one, but Big Ben's my my choice because I like his weapons more against a team that isn't going to be as familiar with the Steelers offense as a divisional matchup in week one. Personally, if I've got both of my roster, I'm going to lean the Carson way this one. Um, but I can't dispute anything that you said there, Kevin, because I think you're spot on. I think right now the Steelers have the better offensive weapons surrounding Big Ben. I think that they're going to do a little bit more to, to maybe try and save him coming out the gate just a little bit because they're introducing him a little bit slower because he, he's coming off of that injury and they don't necessarily want to have him go out there and throw the ball 35, 40 times a game like we've seen Big Ben do. I think you, they'll scale him back a little bit. They'll use James Conner on the run. The fact that uh, James Conner's healthy entering this year. Uh, the same cannot be said for uh, Miles Sanders right now. So I think that Philadelphia may have to lean on that run game or Philadelphia may have to lean on the pass game a little bit more so week one. But uh, I think both of them are going to put up very, very solid numbers. And part of the reason I'm going to lean Carson is if I've got both of those guys on my roster, I spent the higher draft capital on uh, Carson Wentz by probably a good two or three rounds there. So I'm going to lean with the guy that I, I took earlier on in the draft too. just, you know, that's, that's factoring in there for me as well. I think the likelihood of an interception, like the, the higher interception rates or higher, just, you know, incompletion rate will be with big Ben more than it will be with Carson Wentz. Um, and again, that's simply based on rust. And I know big Ben's been doing this a long time and it's like riding a bike for him, but the NFL, it's it's a different animal every year. You spend some time away from it. It's really, really hard, especially at the quarterback position. It's really, really hard to get back into the swing of things when you haven't had any other competition. I mean, we're, we're talking about no preseason, no uh, combined practices. Like, this is his first action. Um, so I think that that's going to lean a little bit more. Kevin, I agree with you. I think Big Ben is – probably going to have a good game. I just think that Carson Wentz will have a better game. And that's, that's entirely possible. Like I said, it's a toss up. I like my chances of with no preseason, right? Teams maybe being a little bit more conservative. If each quarterback throws 25 passes. Okay. And, and, and that's an arbitrary number. And I understand that based off of game flow and everything else. But if each quarterback throws 25 passes, I like the chances of big, big Ben connecting on a deep shot to Washington or Deontay Johnson better than I like Carson Wentz's chances of maybe getting it to Deshaun Jackson, who uh, he was out of football last year too, guys. Like he's rusty trying to come back and get in a rhythm on top of rookies and uh, Ortega Whiteside, who was terrible last year and stock plummeted. Like, and that's all I'm saying. Toss up. I will admit that. I'm going to lean Big Ben because I, I trust the Steelers passing game slightly more than I trust the Eagles at this moment. I think Pittsburgh has the better weapons going into week one surrounding Big Ben. 
and it wouldn't surprise me to see those two quarterbacks finish within a point or two fantasy total wise. So this is not going to be a big spread. I don't think you can go, you know, like we said to open this up, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Um, it's just a matter of preference at that point. So, um, you know, split, uh, split decision on the panel on that one. The other question that we had come in was a, you know, who do I start kind of question. So help me figure out my uh, starting week one lineup and sent over the shot of the, the lineup. So it looks like it's an ESPN kind of a standard scoring league there. Uh, one QB, two running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, one defense, uh, special team, and a kicker. And looking at it, he's only got one defense, one kicker. That's an easy start there. Uh, Patriots and Will Lutz were the uh, defense and the kicker. Now looking at it also looks like there's only one quarterback on the roster. So Drew Brees is going to be the starter there. But running back wise, you've got, again, two and a flex. The running backs are Saquon Barkley, Todd Gurley, Austin Eckler, J.K. Dobbins, Zach Moss, Chase Edmonds. Um, any thoughts there about uh, who you're going to – who are you going to plug in that starting lineup? He's got it right right now. He's got Saquon and Gurley and Eckler in the starting lineup, and I that's that's the right play right now. Uh, I think you have to go with um, – yeah, I know Todd Gurley's in a new offense, but, I, I mean, you have to go with, with the bell cow. And if your other options are J.K. Dobbins, who's going to be sharing with um, that backfield there in Baltimore, and Zach Moss, who's going to be sharing with Singletary – um, probably not even so much as sharing as just spelling. Um, I think that he's got it right with Eckler in the flex and then Gurley and, and Barkley as his, his starting running backs. I'd agree with that. Uh, Eckler, Gurley, Saquon. Those, you're starting all three of them. Yep, that would be my opinion as well. The wide receivers, uh, two wide receivers, they've got Juju, Will Fuller, and then on the bench you've got DK Metcalf, Michael Gallup, Jalen Rager and uh, Bryce um, Edwards. Any thoughts there? So he's got Will Fuller in his starting lineup. I would lean towards taking Will Fuller out of my starting lineup. But if you're going to use Will Fuller, the first five weeks are the best five weeks that you're going to get out of Will Fuller. That's just been proven. That is a scientific fact. Uh, the first five weeks, you're going to get your best weeks out of Will Fuller. Will it be week one? Who knows? Um, but with Michael Gallup uh, or DK Metcalf uh, there on the bench, I would substitute one of those guys. And I, that's where I kind of am not sure which one I want to go with. Do I want to go DK? Do I want to go Gallup? Because we don't know what this Dallas offense is going to look like with all of these new shiny toys that Dak Prescott has to throw to, uh, or all of, I shouldn't say new and shiny, but the toys that he's got to throw to. Uh, I would probably... I would probably lean a little bit more towards Gallup than Will Fuller, but that's where I would go. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have Will Fuller in my starting lineup this week. I understand the allure of Will Fuller in your starting lineup. It's a 54 point, you know, game mark here for the over under set for that Thursday night game. First game of the season, everybody's going to be juiced. Uh, possibility of a shootout, obviously with that 54 total that they're saying, that being said, much to Derek's point earlier, you spent some pretty high draft capital on DK Metcalf. Um, DK Metcalf and the Seattle Seahawks are going to Hotlanta to play the Falcons. Um, 
and I think that game could pose just as much, if not more, of a shootout than the Texans and the Chiefs game. I could see the Texans come in with the game plan to take the air out of the ball. They just did this trade for David Johnson. They're out to prove something to people. Um, and I could see David Johnson getting a ton of work. Um, not to say that Fuller won't get his deep chances, but let's look at opportunity here. Like I, Fuller getting, you know, five or six targets, Metcalf probably getting eight to 10 targets. Both have the opportunity of a high shootout type scoring game. Atlanta's pass defense is worse than Kansas City's. I would I would play Metcalf in that spot. Um, Gallup isn't a terrible pick there if you didn't have a strong flex option. Um, but Michael Gallup against a Rams defense that I mean that game that game could end up in a shootout too. Those are great options to have. I would lean Metcalf. I like his matchup against a porous Falcons defense more so than Will Fuller because at the end of the day I can place more money on the fact that DK is going to play all four quarters and Will Fuller could very well get hurt on the first snap of the game. That doesn't change for me because, uh, you know, with Brandon Cooks right now actually showed up on the injury report list earlier today as a, you know, missed some practice today. And so if he misses time, that in theory should open things up for Will Fuller. Even with that, I would still move to one of your bench players, either DK Metcalf or Michael Gallup. Looking at it, I like the way both of those guys will, you know, fill out that that second uh, second wide receiver spot for me. I would actually probably lean a little bit more towards Gallup myself, just because of the fact that if Seattle is able to control Atlanta's passing offense, there, I think that they're going to do what they like to do, and that's take the air out of the ball and do the ground and pound and really control the clock, let the defense do their thing. But Seattle's a run-first team. If that game's a shootout, yep, DK, Tyler Lockett will have both phenomenal games. But Seattle's gonna, Seattle likes to lean on that uh, run game, and I could see them doing that there. Dallas, you know, is going to run the ball. or not? Dallas is going to throw the ball. And Mike McCarthy, they like – they love Dak's right arm, and they're going to lean on that. And I could see them airing that ball out a lot in that Rams game. So that would be where I'd go there. I, I will say, though, I think there is some hesitation to lean towards, um, towards Gallup. That, that I could see the hesitation to lean towards Gallup because we don't know what this Dallas offense is going to look like. Will, will they try to run the football more with Zeke? Will they try to uh, establish themselves as a run-first team? Will Mike McCarthy, you know, it's a new, it's a new offense. Uh, so I can see how that, that could – cause for some hesitation where there's a little bit more comfortability with uh, DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson in that, in that um, Seattle offense. So I can see where there's a little bit hesitation uh, to go with Gallup. Um, Not to mention, you know, everything else that you've got Cooper and um, remind me his name. Yeah. CD lamb. Thank you. Uh, You've got Cooper and CD lamb um, there as well. And I'm not sure how much they'll get CD lamb involved uh, early on. We'll see what they do, but I can see the hesitation towards leaning towards Gallup. So um, I guess the safer play would be DK Metcalf. Gallup's my number two. I would go Metcalf, Gallup, and then Fuller because that Rams game, if um, uh, Jalen Ramsey is going to be on Amari Cooper. So that leaves Michael Gallup 
in a prove it situation, guys, like they just brought in seemingly his replacement, right? They paid Amari. They have this rookie who they don't have to pay for five years. And then you have Michael Gallup, who's in the middle and, and fighting for his big deal to become the guy. And, and we've been pounding the table this all offseason about Gallup, Gallup, Gallup. He's clearly my number two for this week because I like the fact that he's playing the off corner of Jalen Ramsey and, and he does already have a rapport with Dak. So I, I am completely comfortable with DK or Gallup. I just like DK more this week. Okay. But for sure, the other wide receiver that this guy has in there is Juju, and we're okay with Juju being in there. Against the Giants, yes. In the starting yes. lineup, yeah. We're okay yep. with Juju. We're talking about this other wide receiver spot that he's got to fill. Yeah. yeah, I like Juju against the Giants this week. Yeah. Let's see what he – again, high draft capital. Let's see what this guy has. Yeah. You know, if, if it comes down to it and you really want to play the safe floor to kind of, you know, depending on how your team – is constructed and who you're playing against. If you want to play a higher floor than Juju, then you play Gallup and Metcalf. If you're trying to figure out what these guys are worth that you spent high capital on, then you play Juju and Gallup or Metcalf. It seems like, right. It seems yeah. like we're all fading. Just Will Fuller, get just Will Fuller out of your starting lineup. <laughs> figure he's out a the great, rest. Fuller's a great flex option, but yeah. he's not a guy who's going to drive home points in a PPR unless he hits the big one. And he has to hit the big one for him to be relevant. That sounds like a uh, like a question answered there. And we'll go ahead and move on, guys. So there's a whole lot of news happening around the league. We are all of, you know, we're recording this Tuesday. By the time it releases and it's live, it'll be Thursday. You know, less than a day before kickoff. The day of kickoff will release. So we'll run through some quick news, notes, all of that. Uh, if you guys have something here that uh, you think is going to impact the uh, listeners' leagues, make sure that you shout that out, and we'll uh, we'll hit that up. Uh, starting with, um, there was a lot of signings that happened. Uh, Adrian Peterson getting uh, released by the uh, Washington football team, getting signed with Detroit over the weekend. I think a lot of teams are going for depth this year, man. Yeah, no off season. You you pray and hope against these soft tissue injuries, but if you can have a established veteran who understands what it is to be NFL ready, uh, Adrian Peterson fits that bill. He'll be able to roll out of bed and start four or five games if you need him. He can teach carry on and DeAndre Swift how to prepare like a professional, how to train like a professional, you know, in the weight room, on the field. Um, I like the signing for the team. It kind of sucks for fantasy, right? Because now you're not really sure which one of those guys is going to kind of kick off. I still think by the end of the year, Swift will have more value because he's a better receiver than carry on or Adrian Peterson. But at the beginning of the year, I don't know that I'm starting any one of the three, but you know, as the draft kind of works out, I'd like one of the three maybe on a bench spot, depending on how the draft is shaking out to me. That uh, that opens things up there in Washington as well. Uh, Antonio Gibson, Bryce Love, any thoughts as to uh, where you're going there? Uh, Gibson's flying up the board here. I like Bryce Love. I like the value that you got Bryce Love at if you've already drafted. And if you haven't drafted yet, look in the 14th round. Look for Bryce Love in the 13th, 14th round. He's not getting any sort of uh, notice, 
but there's a good chance he's going to be the first and second down back there. They will use Gibson in the backfield. They might use him in tandem. Ta, um, excuse me, uh, tandem. Yep, <laughs> sorry, English are hard. Uh, use them in tandem. Uh, but I also expect Gibson to slide out and play a little bit of slot. Like, I do think they're going to try and uh, Debo Samuel-esque Antonio Gibson, beings that he, you know, he hasn't been a running back very long, guys. So, loves a guy that I would like, especially in DFS. You can get him for stupid cheap. He has a lot of high upside kind of seeing how this first game plays out. So, it, it'll be interesting, but I like Bryce Love. I think, I think it's throwing darts, uh, at least here week one. I think you're throwing darts and hoping that one of those darts stick to the board uh, when it comes to the running backs from both Washington and, and Detroit, honestly. Um, I, think, I think it's just uh, put it out there and hope for the best uh, with this week one performance. I, I get what you're saying, um, Kevin. I think that, that there is value um, in Bryce Love, and I think that there's there's also value in Adrian Peterson. I'm just not sure that it'll be immediate value, um, and it may not show up in fantasy. That's the problem with the Adrian Peterson signing. I think the value is that it will help carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift, but I'm not sure that it will translate to fantasy points for Adrian Peterson. Now, it might translate to fantasy points for carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift, but... I don't think that it'll it'll be too much, um, at least early on. It's still – it's too early. It's too early. Since the uh, last time that we all spoke, uh, Leonard Fournette signed with the Buccaneers, and they, Jacksonville has named James Robinson as the uh, week one starter down there. with uh, FCS Th- guy, James Robinson. I was pounding the table on that one. Yes, you were. With Chris Thompson being the uh, presumptive receiving option, change of pace type of back down there. So, guys, your thoughts about Jacksonville's backfield as well as what uh, the Fournette signing does to Rojo down in Tampa? If I can, if I can tell you what I saw out of James Robinson, and I got to see him uh, in person um, a couple times uh, throughout his career. Um, kid's a workhorse kid kid is a, a workhorse back that literally carried his team to the I believe it was either the quarters or the semifinals of the FCS playoffs um, which is game 14 um, it was game 14 or 15 for him last year and I apologize I didn't I can't remember which round it was that they they ended up losing in but he was the whole reason why that team was able to go and they literally leaned on him. Um, he had like five or 600 yards in the playoffs. Um, unfortunately he ran into, you know, one of the top defenses in the, in the FCS, um, his final game, but he can run the football and he will, he's not afraid to go between the tackles. He's got a little wiggle to him. He's got some speed. Um, but that, that's, I'm actually a little surprised, but at the same time, not because you just don't see it out of FCS guys making, uh, being a starting running back. But what has happened, David Johnson out of Northern Iowa, that was the last really guy that I could think of that did that. So it's possible if he can do what David Johnson did coming out of Northern Iowa, same conference um, as well. That that could be a very, very good play. And if you got James Robinson, you got him late and that's good. Some injury news happening out there as well. Marcus Mariota goes on the IR. The Colts place Trey Burton on the IR. Damien Harris got uh, put on IR, and the Patriots signed their uh, practice squad 
member, JJ Taylor, um, onto the team as well for some depth. Um, guys, I know Damian Harrison was one that was shooting up the boards there real quick and had had a pretty good camp, sounded like. What are your thoughts about uh, you know when he comes back off the IR after missing about three, four games? It, it's kind of what they're saying there. Um, is that somebody that you're looking to put on on the roster? Do you think he really has a chance of surplanting, you know, a Sony, somebody like that? Uh, no. Yeah, no. I think this just makes Sony Michelle super valuable in that backfield. It was a crowded backfield to begin with, but I think that the odds of Sony being kind of the feature, at least this week, uh, is was way better uh, now that Harris is on the, the IR. Uh, looks like Travis Kelsey was limited in uh, practice, although – does not sound like uh, he'll miss much game time there. What was the, what was before you said Harris? Who was the name that you threw out there? Oh, Mariota going on the IR. Mariota right? was on the IR. Trey Burton's on the IR. Trey Burton. Okay, that's who I was talking about. Trey Burton's in Indianapolis, correct? Yeah. Hey, hello, Jack Doyle. It sounds like the Saints and Camara are getting very, very close to a new deal down there, which – should put some fantasy owners at ease. Sound like there was some, um, you know, contract issues going on there. Sounds like those are going to be put to bed here awfully soon. Cardinals just uh, signed DeAndre Hopkins to a massive extension, a two-year extension worth uh, up to about $54 million, it looks like. Actually, the highest non-quarterback contract. So they, he definitely, uh, definitely got paid which was what he was looking for in Houston, going to Arizona and getting that. Yeah, D-Hop got what he wanted. Uh, and, that's why, and that's why the Houston Texans traded him, because they did not want to pay that money. Arizona was willing to. Um, it makes D-Hop happy, and hopefully that means good things for uh, Hopkins' owners here to start the season. You know, we, we crushed Bill O'Brien for – uh, the off-season moves that he made, and, and probably rightfully so. I mean, it, it looked a little weird, um, the optics of the trade. But when you look at it, you know, he gets D-Hop out of town because he doesn't want to pay the money to him. But he, he also frees up the money to get Deshaun long-term, which is great. I think that's what, you know, Bill O'Brien wanted to make sure that he was able to get Deshaun Watson long-term. And he also were able to free up some money to sign the guy that's going to be protecting uh, Deshaun Watson and Laramie Tunsil. So I think that that's pretty good um, that, you know, Bill O'Brien, it looked bad at the time. I don't know that it necessarily ended up being bad. I think everybody comes out ahead in this because um, D-Hop gets his money and the Texans are able to secure um, what they see as valuable, and that's their quarterback and their left tackle. Absolutely, and you hit up the uh, the one we were just getting to there with the uh, Deshaun Watson news. The Browns and Kareem Hunt have agreed to a two-year extension, so it looks like he'll be sticking around in Cleveland for another two years. I don't know how I feel about that if I'm a Nick Chubb owner. Like, uh, not, the biggest not, thing uh, that we... That's a little interesting, right? Well, <laughs> because, right, before this happened, we were very much proponents of the Browns are going to use the crap out of Kareem Hunt in certain areas, right, to save Chubb for the season. So now part of this is because the Browns don't really have receiver depth, right? They have OBJ, they have Jarvis Landry, they have Austin Hooper as their tight end, but they don't really have receiver depth. 
Well, now they have two backs that can receive pretty well out of the backfield. Nick's, Nick Chubb's hands are better than he gets credit for, and Kareem Hunt is known as a very good receiver out of the backfield from his time with Kansas City. So this gives them some flexibility to play, again, both backs in tandem and, and do some fun different things. But I think it does kind of penalize Nick Chubb owners here a little bit because now – you kind of lose that workhorse back that you spent first or early second round capital on. So you got to be a little nervous about that. Yep. That was a lot of fun having uh, him as the keeper in one of those leagues and seeing <laughs> that news come through uh, today. So we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. I think Stefanski is a pretty forward thinking um, guy there in, in Cleveland. So I, I think we might see where both of those guys are on the field at the same time. I, I mean, it, it, it's confused the defenses. I think what Stefanski's whole goal is, and, and he's got the people to do that now. I'm always open for a trade, Derek. Well, we'll see what we can, uh, we'll see what we can do there. All righty. Well, we'll scoot on over there and start looking at some of the games coming through right so much of fantasy is determined by the matchups by you know how that's going to break down so guys we'll start off with the thursday night game texans chiefs you got any insights for the listeners about you know maybe some matchups that they need to stay away from some matchups that are you know absolutely must starts you know, something that's you know, any insight that you guys got around this one uh I guess flex appeal, right? Like, I think everyone understands who the starters are, right? You're starting Tyreek and Kelsey. You're starting Mahomes or Watson if you have them. Um, you're starting David Johnson because you probably spent a third-round pick, maybe a fourth round depending on where how your draft shook out. Like, those guys are no-brainers. Um, Will Fuller, depending on your roster construct, could be a – you know, uh, flex or a third wide receiver spot, depending on how your roster construct is. I think Mikkel Hardman provides some really good flex or wide receiver three upside in a game that, again, is is predicted to be a little bit higher scoring. I would stay away from Duke Johnson. I don't want any part of that. Um, I'm staying away from any Chiefs running back, not named Clyde Edwards-Alaire here to start. I want to see how that breakdown looks. If you picked Clyde, in the first round, you have to play him. That's a no-brainer. But outside of that, kind of see how it shakes out. But no real surprises here, guys. I think you you play the guys that you drafted high, and there's flex appeal for maybe some guys that you got later, but only in certain circumstances. And I don't love it for a Thursday night. Like, I want to save those high upside games for Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, Monday night, when I have something to, you know, really push and root for. Uh, I'll say this as we go through uh, all of this. It, it, this is going to be the weirdest week one um, in probably recent memory, for sure my lifetime. We have no idea what, what's going to happen. We have, we have a general idea, but we have no clue um, because we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, what's going to happen, you know? Um, I, it's funny, I was listening to um, – to Mike Zimmer talk. And he said, you know, you don't really ever take anything from the preseason anyways, because nobody's going to get, you know, exotic in the preseason. You're just going to line up a gap power, you know, B gap run, you know, typical pass patterns. Like you're not going to do anything crazy exotic. Um, now 
are you going to show up in a wishbone? Like, did you transform your offense? You're probably not going to see that <laughs> as well, but um, it's just going to be difficult to kind of uh, really, really get a grab on, on what the fringe guys are going to be. Obviously start, start your guys, start Deshaun Watson, start Patrick Mahomes, start Kelsey, you know, go with proven. Uh, and then obviously you're going to go with Clyde Oda, Clyde Edwards Alaire as well because you probably paid a lot to get to him. So uh, start those guys, roll the dice. I think that's what the theme of week one should be is just roll the dice. Hopefully you get, you know, uh, an 11 and not a seven. If you spent a top five pick on a player, you are starting them this week. Bingo. Absolutely. And I guess I yes. say top five player. I mean, in the first five rounds. Yeah. Every single player you drafted in the first five rounds, you better be comfortable starting in week one. Otherwise, your draft was bad. Take that for what it's worth. I like that thought. That's a good way of looking at that. And we'll kind of keep that in mind as we roll through there and roll through the rest of these games. So, guys, anybody kind of drafted beyond that, you know, fifth round, kind of sixth round or later, if you've got a thought on whether or not they should be plugged into your starting lineup, let's hit that up and let's let the listeners know. The next game up, Seahawks, Falcons, any thoughts here? I'm very interested to see how Matt Ryan and Hayden Hurst connected in their limited time together in practice. I'm also interested to see how Russell Wilson could potentially favor one of the seven tight ends they have on the Seattle roster at the moment. And I'm also interested to see what the breakdown is between Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde in the backfield. Those are the things that I'm, I'm interested in. I will start Hayden Hurst willingly doing it in our home league. I'm not touching a Seattle tight end. I'm not starting Carlos Hyde. I want to see what that truly looks like. Um, and other than that, the rest are horses. So you're good. Yep. Yeah, I guess there's a little intrigue in terms of like, you know, how, how well will Todd Gurley mesh uh, early on, but I'd still, I'm, I'm going to play Todd Gurley. I'm going to, he's going to start for me. Yeah, he's going to start. It's just a curiosity, you know, but I, for sure Todd Gurley's in your starting lineup. All righty, moving on over to the Jets and the Bills. What intrigues you in this matchup? How does Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and John Brown mesh? on top of what is the true breakdown between Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. There's a lot of intrigue, honestly, with this Buffalo team. Uh, just to kind of understand what their thought process is here to start the season. Um, and even with the Jets, does a healthy offseason of Chris Herndon and a little bit of rapport with Sam Darnold spell fantasy success for people who waited on the tight end possession or position? Like – do they use Brashard Perryman? Uh, this is the great thing about week one. There's tons of answers. Most of these Jets guys you drafted later, right? You, you, maybe you took Lev Bell in the top five rounds. Everybody else you got after the fifth round. So you're just kind of waiting to see how that shook out. Um, you expect Crowder to be a PPR monster, right? He's going to see a bunch of targets. He could catch 100 balls with, with relative ease in that offense being kind of the, the blanket, security blanket. The rest of the guys, I am intrigued. I, I, I like Chris Herndon. I have him in a couple leagues. If I waited on tight end, yep, I'm playing him. I got to see how it shakes out and see what, see what we got there. But I will play Chris Herndon here in week one. 
I, I will play Stefan Diggs with caution uh, and not have high expectations for him. You know, flex spot probably with for Stefan Diggs this first week, just because new offense, uh, new team. We'll see what, what uh, rapport he and Josh Allen were able to get. Starting Josh Allen, if I've got him. Um, Sam Darnold, um, probably, uh, if, if you've got him. But if you've got another option on your bench, um, that's a, a top, an upper – you know, upper half, because I don't know that Sam Darnold's going to be in that upper half towards the end of the season. I'd probably maybe stay away, especially with this Bills defense. They're they're a little salty. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably not going to look lean towards Sam Darnold if I've got another option. Next one up, Bears-Lions. What you got here? Which quarterback? <laughs> uh, it's going to be Trubisky. It's going to be Trubisky. They said Trubisky's going to start. So... Which is horse shit. Horse shit. <laughs> It is. Like it that is. should have been Nick Foles' job. I, you know, Matt Nagy's buried digging himself. his own grave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, what what's the David Montgomery fallout? Like how injured is his groin? They haven't brought anybody else in, so that does say that they're not. To me, at least, it says that they're not too worried about it. But we'll see. Um, does a receiver besides Allen Robinson step up for That's Chicago? Play Allen Robinson, and that's it. <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd play Tariq Cohen in a flex type hey, of deal, something like that. Yeah, like there's, there's throw Cohen in your flex. Yeah. 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 So, And then for the Lions, can, can Matt Stafford pick up where he left off last year before he got injured? And, and that's really the question. If Matt Stafford picks right up with where he left off last year, getting Stafford late as far as the quarterback run goes – will lead to fantasy success in 2020. That's a big if, though. Is it? He's, he's proven so. it throughout his career. He's yeah. been relatively healthy for most of his career. It's not like right. he misses a ton of games. And, and Patricia showed that he'll let, he'll let him air it out. So I, I guess I feel pretty confident with it. I like Matt Stafford a lot, and maybe more than others, but uh, I like the week one matchup may not be – as great against the Bears, but the Bears aren't what they were two years ago. They are – there's more holes in that defense than than not right now. I'm also, you know, play carry on. If you've got DeAndre Swift, probably throw him in there too. Peterson, I'm not so sure week one. Not so sure on Peterson week one, new team. I'm actually, That's a short week. I'm actually benching all Detroit running backs this, well, uh, this week just because I – it's a nebulous type of thing. I want to see how it shakes out and how it breaks down. I am not touching that Detroit backfield week one um, unless I've got nothing else that I could potentially go with. That's the only way I'm, I'm starting anybody there. I agree with that. So, um, moving over to the Packers and the Vikings. What do we got here, guys? Is the Vikings defense as improved as they say it is? And is Aaron Rodgers on a mission to – absolutely stick it to the league after he got shafted on draft night. So, so here's something fun. Um, the, the Vikings secondary is young. And as of right now, they have two safeties on the roster. <laughs> so um, probably could be gangbusters and keep in mind, there's going to be no fans in attendance at Minnesota. So you neutralize basically anything uh, that a crowd would would take. Not that it really matters to Aaron Rodgers, but um, that is done away. So I think it kind of favors the Packers' offense a little bit more um, going in there. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, I think if you've got him, you got to play him. Uh, going up with a, a young Viking secondary, that 
you know, that Vikings defense is still going to be good. Maybe not as good as uh, years previous, but um, I'll, I'll take, you know, Packers O. And I think Rodgers does have something to prove that he's going to do it. Dolphins, Patriots, what you got there? What's Cam Newton look like? I mean, it, to me, that's really the only question of this game, right? Like, two is not playing yet. Fitzpatrick starting the season. What's Cam Newton look like? Is there a receiver that he favors? Like, there's a bunch of questions around this. I don't know that I'm necessarily starting anybody willingly. Um, is the Patriots defense still good? Like, are you, you going to fade Jordan Howard in week one? Un unless you, you need a flex spot. Jordan Howard, you could play in the flex, and, and, you know, it'll give you at least a floor. Does Devontae Parker continue his hot streak? Does Preston Williams, you know, outpace him for the number one receiver? There are lots and lots of questions here. So, uh, hoping week one gives us a, at least a few answers so that way we can form our uh, strategies here going forward. Another so interesting th note there is uh, Gasecki is not listed as the starting tight end either. Nah. I think, I think um, if you are forced into playing a Patriots running back, Sony Michelle is the best option at this point. I would but, argue James White. See, there you go. <laughs> I mean – I mean, which which I just one want has, the PPR. Which name has Bill reason. pulled out of the hat to go into Week One? You know, that's yeah. that's a tough that's a tough one to go with. Yeah, it, James White. The only reason behind that for me is the PPR points. If it's a standard league, then you're kind of you know bench everybody. Um, but if it's a PPR, I would play James White just because I feel like my floor is a little bit higher, and there's a good chance that Cam dumps off to him for one or two touchdowns. Eagles, Washington, what do you got here? How much has Dwayne Haskins improved from the end of a rookie season that he was no bueno um, to his sophomore year? Ron Rivera has said positive things about him throughout camp, um, and we'll see what he's learned here. Uh, but that's, that's the biggest thing I'm looking for in this game is has Dwayne Haskins improved? Also, is he looking over his shoulder because Alex Smith made that 53-man roster? So is Dwayne Haskins going to play scared? Uh, I think that's something that needs to be looked at. If you can see how that game plays out, I, that's how I would look too, is to see if Dwayne Haskins is going to play scared um, with Alex Smith waiting in the wings, um, ready to, to come back and, and usurp the throne, if you will. Um, I think that's very interesting. I don't know that I would, I'm going to play Dwayne Haskins. I don't have any shares of him in any league. I've stayed as far away from that as possible. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think your usual suspects in terms of the Eagles, um, make sure that you got Ertz and make sure you got um, Carson Wentz in. And if you're in a deep, deep league and you – I think Dallas Goddard's a, a fair play as well. Um, just to see how how much um, Carson throws to him in the red zone. All right, Raiders, Panthers, what you got here? How do these new young receivers for the Las Vegas Raiders look? What kind of rapport do they have, and and which one's going to emerge as the go-to? Is it Rugs or is it going to be Hunter Renfro? Do we see Darren Waller continue to do Darren Waller's, you know, the things he did last year? Or is it just the Josh Jacobs show? Colts and Jags. I'm interested to see which receiver Philip Rivers favors. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be the big thing. Will, you know, will he throw to the tight ends more? Uh, will those tight ends value be there? 
here's hoping because I've got lots of shares of Jack Doyle. So uh, here's hoping that, <laughs> that he uh, he and old Jack find a, a good rapport here early on. Um, and the Jags, oh boy, who knows? I'm actually interested <laughs> to see how you know how James Robinson, Chris yeah. Thompson, how that shakes out there. I'm interested to see how Minshew looks. I've got uh, you know we've we've picked Didi as a sleeper in several different places out there. We've been high on Chark. So it's there's a lot of questions that, that I want answered there, and we'll get a glimpse of what that starts to look like. Browns and Ravens. Can Lamar repeat as NFL MVP? And how much, how much will he run the football? You know, how much will there be designed runs for him? I think that's, that's going to be intriguing as well. Will there be uh, less – designed runs for Lamar. I mean, he's still going to be able to get what he gets if a play breaks down, but will the design runs be there, um, which will inevitably uh, help or hinder his, his rushing yards? We might have to wait a week or two on that one. And the only reason I That's say fair. that is because That's week fair. one – Week one last year, remember? Oh, he's just a running back. And then he threw for five touchdowns, right? That's the, that, that was his opening press conference of 2019. Yeah, not bad for a running back. Yep. And then he just kind of mic dropped and left. Like, so I guess I don't know that I expect him to run a ton in week one. Um, maybe you show off the arms, show off some of the new weapons. I think game flow will, will very much determine how much of – Lamar Jackson's legs we see for, for week one, at least. And, and, and on the other side of that, the Browns new offense, all those things. I mean, it's Baker's what 19th OC uh, that he's had since uh, high school. Like it's going to be, uh, there will be some growing pains, I think. Um, but I think that they, they'll be able to uh, overcome. You just got to make sure you pick the right, right guy when it comes to, uh, to Cleveland's offense. Hopefully you do. Chargers, Bengals. For me, it's let's see what Joe Burrow has in the NFL, right? I mean, I, I, I don't know that I have anything about the Chargers. Sorry. Uh, Tyrod, yeah, I mean, we'll see, see what, what Tyrod's going to do, if he's going to have more deep shots than what he's proven to take. And he's got some weapons out there as well. But um, I think the Tyrod intrigue, you know, how short is his leash um, – when it comes to uh, how long he's going to be able to play. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the bigger spotlight and, and maybe it's a good thing for Tyrod is the bigger spotlight is going to be on Joe Burrow and uh, fair or, or not. Um, you're the number one overall pick. You're going to, you're going to have some attention brought to you. So I know the chargers defense will be uh, excited to make the number one pick look, look silly. So that'll be, be something, but um, yeah, I, th there's not much other than, um, you know, start Eckler, <laughs> and then maybe what is it, Mixon, and then stay stay away from everybody else. Bucks and Saints. Ha. <laughs> what is, does do you have an over under on this game? Uh the line right now is forty nine as the over under with the uh, Saints favored by three and a half. I would hammer the over on this game if I knew. I think these offenses have something to prove. I think Drew Brees in his final go round. Uh, that's all provided that Kamara's um, in the lineup. I'm assuming he will be uh, based on everything. Uh, and then I think that, you know, Michael Thomas obviously is going to go get his. Drew's going to air it out. Tom's going to have something to prove. Uh, so I would hammer the over. That being said, wouldn't be surprised if it's a 10-7 game. Cardinals and Niners. Also wouldn't be surprised if it's a 10-7 game. Not a 10-7 game. Uh, 
I will tell you that right now. Uh, I think this one is let's is is this Kyler Murray's breakout year, right? Do, is this the third consecutive year of a quarterback coming into a sophomore season, kind of usurping himself into the MVP discussion, right? We had Mahomes, then we had Lamar Jackson. A lot of people anointed Kyler as the guy this offseason. Um, some of that has faded as we've gotten a little bit closer, which is crazy because he actually has more weapons now than what he did when the offseason began in February. So um, I'm interested to see what new wrinkles Cliff puts into this offense. Are they still um, going to kind of spread it out and, and you know, uh, chuck it around the yard? Do they lean on Kenyon Drake a little bit more? Do they ease Drake into it because of him being in the walking boot? Um, I am interested in that, and I'm also interested to see what the Niners do at the wide receiver position. Um, Debo, you know, he's trying to get back. I don't think they should let Debo play in week one. I think they should let him rest and heal up a little bit and kind of see where that takes him. Lean on your on your run game, but – uh, I am interested to see who steps up. Is it Kendrick Bourne? Is it, you know, Ayuk's kind of dinged up too. So is it Taylor? There's a lot of lot of questions about the San Francisco offense here coming into the season, honestly. Cowboys and Rams. What does Dallas's offense look like now? You know, will, will Mike McCarthy try to run the football with Zeke? I mean, will he let Dak take control and try to win it on his right arm. I mean, that there's so many questions there of how they want to look. Are they going to be balanced? I think that's the biggest thing with that offense. And, and, you know, the Rams were disappointing last year and, and I think they've got something to prove. I think Jared Goff has something to prove. Um, they got, you know, ship some guys out of town. So what, what's that going to look like now? And then there's some pretty big questions surrounding that. This this is a, a matchup where I really would have liked to have seen a couple preseason games uh, and feel a little bit more comfortable with um, players on these respective teams. I feel good about knowing what this Dallas team is going to be. I want to know how the running back room is going to play out for the Rams. Is Cam Akers the answer? Um, Henderson's dinged up, so we may not see a bunch of Henderson, you know. So are, are we going to see a bunch of Malcolm Brown to start and then Akers going to kind of take over? Are we going to see Akers get 15 to 17 touches here in week one and maybe cement himself as the lead back if he's able to break one and, and you know, get to pay dirt here for his first NFL game? So there's a lot of questions. Can Cup kind of – bounce back to how he was the first half of last year does Robert Woods uh have the positive regression from the touchdown woes that were in 2019 um uh, you know how electrifying is this Rams offense going to be after Sean McVay kind of pulled the reins back last year and they did fall flat on their face there for a while I'm also very interested to see too what kind of personnel the Rams are going to you know, primarily be in are they going to run some of these double tight end sets with both Higby and Everett yeah th- a lot of questions there for me as well um, looking at the Monday night games we got a double Monday night header starting off with the Steelers and Giants thoughts here how's big Ben look how big Ben looks will pretty much determine the Steelers season so that's that's the only thing I'm looking at for the first Monday night game there might be some people that'll be uh, chewing some fingernails there Monday night because <laughs> you might be waiting on Big Ben to uh, to win you a week there. So I think that that could be uh, intriguing um, with how does how does he look? 
especially with the the other weapons, you know, reliant Juju, then you're going to be kind of relying on them. Four four teams playing on Monday night, always fun. I I think, well, maybe one other thing that now that I'm thinking about it, what I'm going to be looking at for the Monday night game is which New York Giants receiver kind of steps ahead and shows that he's the Daniel Jones number one option. Is it Sterling Shepard, who they've touted as having a great camp, or does he get his bell rung again and see how that works? Does Slayton kind of take that next step and become uh, almost Victor Cruz-esque, right? Kind of that undersized wide receiver with a little bit of speed who can be your number one option for a short term. So I am interested to see how the passing game breaks down and which receiver uh, makes that leap to say, hey, I'm, I'm the lead dog here. Titans and Broncos. Derrick Henry be what Derrick Henry was the last half of last year. God, I hope so, because I took him with that number one pick. And I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of okay with – I know that Vaughn's a, a pass rusher, but that makes that defense a little bit easier to run the football on. For me, it's the progression of Drew Locke, very much the same as I was talking about with, with uh, Dwayne Haskins, but for different reasons. Locke wasn't terrible his final – you know, six games as a pro, but he was just, he's raw, right? So how much work was he able to get with Judy and with Sutton and with Melvin Gordon being in there? What's the running back dynamic look like? Um, there, there's some questions in this one too, but I guess, but I put my fan hat on here for a second. Alex, I know we were talking about this briefly texting back and forth. I think the loss of Von Miller, um, speaks towards more fantasy relevance for Drew Locke, right? It probably means the Broncos are, are going to need some more points on the board, and they got to come from somewhere. So you might as well lean on your quarterback um, and trust him to get the ball to his number one option, which is Cortland Sutton. Well, guys, that's going to kind of wrap up the, uh, the slate of games that uh, are being played this coming week. Real quick, we'll get into a couple of, like, um, you know, your season predictions out there. Who do you got – uh, you know, playing the big game. Who do you got winning? Who do you think is going to be the MVP this year for the NFL? I think your AFC championship game is Baltimore and Kansas City. I think that's pretty chalky, but I just don't see another team in the AFC really saying, you know, this is this is it. Um, I think the NFC is probably a little bit more up in the air. Uh, San Francisco will probably be there in the end. Seattle's going to make a run for it. On paper, on paper, the Dallas Cowboys look like they should be there. But Mike McCarthy does get playoff wins. And maybe this is where he comes in and takes Jason Garrett's team in. So I'm going to say the (laughs) Cowboys and Niners in the NFC Championship game. Wow, that would be one hell of a conference finals right there. (laughs) It would be fun. The NFL would be salivating for all the ratings, right? You get Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and then you get the Cowboys and 49ers and these historic franchises. Like, they're sitting there salivating at this. I'm going to say the Chiefs repeat. Uh, I'm with you on the AFC. I think it's it's, uh, Chiefs, Ravens. And, again, that's probably a cop-out, but um, until I'm proven otherwise, I think that those two teams are – uh, cream of the crop in the AFC. I'm going to go a little different direction. Um, I think the Seahawks will be there. I think the Seahawks will be in the NFC championship game. And then 
Uh, I'll take the trendy pick here, and I think that they figure it out and they get it going. And I, I will say that Tampa Bay will be in that NFC Championship game. I don't think that they win it, though. So I will go um, Seahawks and Ravens in the All-Bird Super Bowl, and I'll take the Seahawks to win. But I do think that, that – I, I actually kind of like the play of, of Kyler, but I, I could see – uh, Russ actually winning the MVP this year. So I'll, I'll take Russell Wilson. Seahawks win the Super Bowl. For me, I'm, I have a hard time coming off of the, uh, the, the Chiefs not getting back to uh, coming back to it. But um, I do think that we'll see a Steelers and Chiefs AFC matchup there um, with the Chiefs ultimately winning out to advance there. As far as the other side of the uh, – of it, I do think that you'll see a New Orleans and Green Bay matchup there with New Orleans advancing. Chiefs are going to repeat, though. And who did you have as your MVP? Uh, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes. I think you'll see him throw 40, 40, you know, 45 plus touchdowns this year, and he'll, he'll uh, get his second MVP award. Kevin, who is your, who's your MVP? Dak Prescott. Guys, do we have any any bold sleepers for week one the listeners need to know about? John Glenn Doyle. Play him. Jack Doyle, Indianapolis tight end. Honestly, no. <laughs> I I am pretty risk averse in week one. Like I, I want to see this team that I you know, any team that I drafted. I want to put my best players on the field, no ifs, ands, or buts and see how that shakes out. Will I keep an eye on the waiver wire? Yes. Will I keep an eye on, you know, the game script and kind of what these guys are getting for snap share and, and their time on the field? Absolutely, to kind of determine trends of what happens going forward. Uh, but for week one, I am pretty risk-averse. Ad- like, unless I know I'm in a big uphill climb and I got to get points to beat the guy I'm playing, I'm going to play the play the high floor here in week one just to set the tone for the year i would uh, for myself i would look at the old kendrick Bourne. um i know that uh, they're pushing for debo to try and make a you know return on that but i still think that he's going to play a uh a pretty good sizable role out there week one and uh you know worth a shot on if you if you need to take a shot on a guy i sure hope the niners don't play debo just for Debo's sake, don't rush him back. It's a long season. Yeah, it is. Don't rush him back. Like it, this has nothing to do with the fact that I was pounding on the table as Debo's overrated and everything else. Like this is for the player. This is this this is for the man who needs to be thinking about his health. Don't let the Niners rush you back, Debo. Make sure you are a hundred percent. It is a long season. Well, guys, any other thoughts for the listeners? Nah, stay tuned next week. I'll tell everyone how I kicked Alex's ass in our home league. I'm going to speak softly, and hopefully my team carries a big stick for me. They won't. They won't, but I hope they do. Alrighty, guys. Well, I do believe that that's going to wrap up yet another episode of the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure that you're hitting us up on the socials at Good Old Boys FF on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you haven't subscribed already, hop over there on YouTube. Subscribe to the Good Old Boys Fantasy Football Podcast channel. For Kevin and Alex, I'm Derek. Have a good one. Be safe.